Hello and welcome to Understanding the Times. In this webinar, we're going to seek to understand the times in which we live so that we may know what we should do as Christians in our generation. We're inspired by the sons of Issachar, the story from 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And there, these sons of Issachar were full of understanding. They knew the times that they lived in. They knew what Israel had to do, which was to make David king over the whole nation. And so for us as Kensington Temple and LCC members, we have been working together for many, many years to see what we can do to make a difference, to be salt and light in our society, in our families and our communities. Although it's our primary task to preach the gospel, to bring good news and to make disciples and to bring them to maturity, our desire also is to bring transformation to our society. And in order to do that, we need to know exactly what is going on in our world to understand contemporary culture. Now, there are many approaches to understanding contemporary culture. There's the prophetic understanding. What is God saying to us? What's he doing in our generation? Then we can look at the problems facing society, injustice, poverty, global warming, terrorism, globalism, racism, and uh, see what we can do to make the world a better place. We also need to understand the philosophies and ideologies that are at work in the contemporary world. Um, and then come to this conclusion that it seems the Western world is abandoning its Judeo-Christian heritage in favor of a number of philosophies and ideologies, secular humanism, you know, post-Christian society, which is defined by its antagonism to Christian truths and values, post-modernism, passing through various forms, uh, whether it's the deconstructionist form or the applied uh, uh, post-modern modernism or whether the reified post-modernism of today where it takes actual meta-narratives and um, major kind of known-knowns truths which is quite extraordinary to think of post-modernism speaking about truths but it's their truth and then we can also see the effects of non-christian religions and the growth of non-christian religions and does that challenge us as Christians? Now behind many of the philosophies and ideologies uh, in our society, there is one, one undercurrent, one trend, one overriding worldview that is gaining dominance. And this is wokeism or critical theory. And what once began as a kind of mild form of political correctness has now hardened into an authoritarian social orthodoxy. And if we don't comply with this new social orthodoxy, uh, when, then we are in trouble. We are liable to be deemed bad people, worthy of ridicule, shaming, even cancelling. J.K. Rowling is an example of somebody that they tried to cancel. There was a backlash after she tweeted support for a transphobic researcher, or transphobic in inverted commas. And this researcher believed that it was not possible just to call somebody who's transgender to say that they are truly women, true women. And that's controversial and perhaps hurtful for some, but it, it really led to a massive furor and they would have canceled JK Rowling. Of course, she's the author of that great Harry Potter series. They would have uh, 
um, cancelled her if she had not had the money and the clout and the power to fight back. So what is woke? Now, a woke person is somebody who's said to have woken up, of course, but woken up particularly to the need of social justice in relation to those who are discriminated on the grounds of race, sex, gender, sexuality, disability, and somebody who's actively working to eliminate discrimination. And so in many ways, I hope we're all woke in this sense that we are awakened to the discrimination and we want to do something about it. But actually woke has come to mean something far more technical and something far more extreme than what I've just described. It's a hidden agenda. Actually, it's becoming less and less hidden. And it is behind so much that is going on in society that causes division and problems, uh, takes away freedom of speech, and is a threat to us as Christians, or at least a challenge to us as Christians, as Christianity is very much in view as being on the side of the oppressors. Robin DiAngelo, a well-known and highly influential critical race and social justice educator writes, oppression involves institutional control, ideological domination, and the imposition of the dominance groups, dominant groups share on the minoritized group. No individual member of the dominant group has to do anything specific to, to oppress a member of the minoritized group. Now, that's interesting. She goes on to say, the societal default is oppression. There are no spaces free of it. Thus the question becomes, um, how is it manifesting here, rather than is it manifesting here? What that means is there need not be a specific instance of racism, transphobia, homophobia, sexism, or anything. There need not be an express manifestation of it intentionally, but it is, it's present. It's present, so the question is not is it happening, but how is it happening? The Christian Institute, which is involved in bringing Christian influence in a secular society, calls this identity politics and describes it like this. Identity politics is a divisive ideology that has come to dominate public debate. It fractures society into groups formed around characteristics such as gender, sexuality or ethnicity, pitting people against one another in an arms race of victimhood. It also shuts down debate, expressing anything but the most socially liberal views on issues such as transgenderism, homosexuality or abortion, makes you unfit for any public office or platform. And then this briefing on identity politics goes on to say, this explains more about what identity politics is and why it is such a threat to freedom, which includes religious liberty. But this is not a specifically Christian problem. Even liberal people and people who are not committed Christians or or even atheists or reject Christianity have come under the problem. For example, Selina Todd, 
was instructed by university authorities not to attend lectures without two male bodyguards. Why? Trans activists made threats against her after she stated publicly that trans women should not be admitted to women-only spaces. And this was this is something that uh, many old-style feminists are working on. They they are not happy with um, transgender women using female toilets, and they have their various reasons for that. It's not because they are transphobic, but there is a view a viewpoint which they are not allowed to express. And then we have Nicholas Christakis, who in 2015, this Yale professor, was surrounded by outraged students in the university grounds and accused of racism. Why? His wife, also a Yale professor, had earlier emailed students suggesting that they should exercise their own judgment when deciding whether to wear Halloween costumes borrowed from other cultures. Christakis was called disgusting and accused of having created space for violence to happen. Well, certainly that situation got way out of hand. And how much of that was due to this woke agenda? We're going to examine more on this woke agenda, how we can recognize it and what we can do about it in this webinar, Understanding the Times.